I'm Edda. I'm Ryan. And this is Work Feels. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we work and live on and pay our respects to Indigenous elders past and present. Sovereignty has never been ceded and it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the All Staff Email. This is where we discuss our pursuits of a better workplace and a better world and our hot tips for life. That's right. Welcome team. Welcome to the All Staff Email. It's been a minute. Edda, how are you? What's What's been happening? I'm doing well, Ryan. I am emerging out of my maternity leave and <laughs> going back to work, which is... Slowly Actually, diving in. Amazing. Yeah. I'm just sort of dipping my toes in, to be honest. <laughs> just, <I've>, uh... <laughs> no diving here. We're just dipping <laughs> yeah, our toes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got mum looking after Bryn three mornings a week, and Love then I it. get to run off to the study and uh, plug in and do a bit of work. So, yeah, it's it's nice. It's definitely helping me. Remember what it feels like to be me. Is that sad? Like, I obviously live to work, work to live. No, I live to work. I'm one of those people. Oh, my God. I I literally got this saying mixed up this week. Is it live to work or work to live? Well, if you live to work, then you're just obsessed with work, which is me. But if you work to live, live, then you go to work so that you can go on holidays and live your life and be jolly yes and that's that's the bandwagon i'm on (laughs) (laughs) a little column a a little column b column b (laughs) and how are you how are you ryan i've been good um very very busy um i'm jealous of you just dipping your toes back in because i feel like i've been um certainly in the deep end if not uh drowning (laughs) in the last few weeks (laughs) Um, and I've decided to make a bit of a big decision and I decided to put my feelers out and actually look for a different job, which I was not expecting to do. Um, but yeah, sometimes you've just got to look out for yourself and, um, yeah, I'm very glad I did. Uh, it's very exciting. It didn't take me very long, but I, um, yeah, I had an interview with a practice that I um, really love their work um, and I really love their uh, their workplace culture, what I've been told about it. Um, and yeah, I had a had an interview and a couple of days later got offered a role. So woo, new Hello, job. moving Hello. up in the world. Love to see it. Yes, and it was, um, I literally had the podcast in the back of my mind the whole time I was in the interview because I was like, okay, you've actually got to ask about workplace culture and actually ask the right questions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in an interview in the past, I've just been like, oh, so like, you know, do you do Friday drinks or? <laughs> <laughs> but, Is the culture good? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, great. Moving on. And I was like, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I, um, yeah, and I think it was obviously on, on their part as well. Um, they really pride themselves in their workplace culture, which um, was, yeah, really fantastic, really aligned with me. It was a very positive conversation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to starting there in the very near future. 
aside from that, um, what what else has happened? World Pride, holy moly, World Pride was bloody fabulous. Um, gosh, that sounded straight of me. It was fucking fabulous. I mean, um, <laughs> a- any listeners who went, um, I hope you had an amazing time. I certainly did. Um, and getting back into work post World Pride was definitely interesting. <laughs> May have contributed to the emotional roller coaster. You need to make your pride wardrobe like available for rent or something because there were some very well put together outfits and thank you, thank I have you. never seen those outfits in the shops. So <laughs> <laughs> Look, it is a curation of uh, as many of um, people in the community would know. Um AliExpress, um, Priscilla's on Oxford Street, <laughs> dropped dropped a <laughs> dropped a bomb in there, and um, not dropped a bomb. What? Dropped a mint in there. <laughs> dropped a mint in Priscilla's and got that um, fabulous uh, like. Well, I was in heels and it was still touching the ground. So I'm going to say it's like a seven foot long pink feathery coat, which is um, one of my favorite purchases purchases I think I've ever made. Absolutely amazing. And it was really nice, really reeling it back into work-related items. Um, it was very nice, the whole kind of festive period that it was happening in Sydney in particular. There was just... Obviously, rainbows just absolutely everywhere. But in the weeks leading up to... Um, the world pride i went to quite a few meetings in quite a few corporate buildings and it was really nice to see um super inclusive like progress fl- um progress flag um pride kind of like motifs and 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 words and like even like really nice diverse uh illustrations and imagery of like different people all from like all different um backgrounds from our community and yeah it was just it is really amazing i know some people say that like the corporate the corporates are kind of just cashing in on the pink dollar um, but it, it is kind of amazing to walk into like, you know, a huge client office in the CBD in Sydney and just see, you know, rainbows everywhere. And the staff have got rainbow lanyards on and it's just really nice. And I, I think it's all a part of very important progress. Um, and I did hear and see on social media, a lot of friends, um, you know, who had amazing events at work, whether it was just like networking or whether it was like more, um, in- intensive sort of sessions on diversity and inclusion. Um, yeah. So I think, it- and of course there was the human rights conference, um, that looked, I've watched some of it on the ABC that just looked absolutely incredible. I know a lot of people's workplaces, um, bought them tickets to that, which would have been absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, it was, it was amazing. I think not just for the party and for the social celebrations, but also for workplaces, um, all throughout Sydney and beyond. Yeah. And it was, uh, world pride. So did you hear a lot of, uh, interesting accents in the streets or did you feel like it was mainly Aussie? Aussie? I did. It was, it was absolutely amazing as I'm sure anyone in Sydney can attest to that, that, that kind of like month or even like it went for quite a long time is it was creeping up close to about six weeks, the whole sort of celebration. Um, and yeah, it was incredible to see. I saw, um, a whole heap of friends from overseas that I hadn't seen before COVID and yeah, there was just, you know, you, yeah, literally heard every accent on the street on Oxford Street. It was it was amazing. Amazing. Love it. 
Um, so yeah, and it's kind of depressing that it's over and it's just back to work. <laughs> back to work. If only if it was World Pride every day. Oh, I think I would actually die. <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, topic of today's episode is all about the changes to the Fair Work Act, uh, changes from the Fair Work Commission, which sounds super boring, but actually very, very juicy info coming up. Um, Just a little disclaimer, Ryan and I are not experts. We are not lawyers. We do not know the Fair Work Act from back to front. We are just going off the website and the news articles that have come out about the changes to the Fair Work Act, and we're very excited about it, so we wanted to talk about it. That's right. And we're also not HR experts, but, you know, we're, we're diving in. General advice only. We're experts at being employees. We're experts <laughs> at being volunteers. <laughs> if you want the work done, we are there to do it. We are the experts for getting the work done, that's for sure. All right, so the new laws relate to a few different areas of work, but the ones we're going to talk about are prohibiting pay secrecy, flexible work, and anti-discrimination and sexual harassment. Ryan, tell us about pay secrecy. All right, team. First up, pay secrecy. This was actually brought in in December last year. Um, These new laws are designed to address discrepancies in pay equity, which we've brought up in a previous episode. Uh, The gender pay gap is currently 22.8% in Australia. So these laws are aimed at reducing this gap. Studies across the United Kingdom, the US, Canada and Denmark all report a decline in the gender pay gap as a result of legislation to promote pay transparency. So as of December, companies can't restrict you from talking about your pay and it's illegal for your boss to ban you from talking about your pay. You are now free to discuss your pay with colleagues. It's a workplace right. It also extends to conditions of work, work hours, benefits, um, and a few other things. So your employer cannot restrict you from talking about these. If your employer breaches this, there's a big fat fine of up to $66,600 per offence. And because the changes came in in December... Uh, If you have entered into a contract before the 7th of December last year that has a pay secrecy clause in it, from what we understand, you are still bound by that that clause until your contract is updated. Um, The Act is providing a six-month grace period for employers to update contracts. So by the 7th of June, it's business time, aka like full transparency, freedom time. Hey, transparency time. All right, Edda, give, give me your thoughts and feelings on this. Look, I think that anything that works to eliminate the pen- gender pay gap is a great initiative. And I think I just love that employees are given the right to choose. So they're free to share if they want to share what they're earning with their co-workers. Like, I love that this law is, it's not saying you must disclose your pay. It's simply saying you are free to discuss it if you want to. The choice is in your hands. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting from a um, perhaps a generational perspective and also just in terms of um, seniority in a, in a company. I feel like it'll be really good for people coming into the workforce, especially more around the entry level roles who are kind of doing like, you know, very similar things. They're probably more inclined to 
bring up what they get paid because I think younger people probably just say to their friends, like, I mean, I've always told my friends what I earn. Whereas I think people sort of like, you know, uh, 50 and above probably are more in the traditional sense of like, oh, no, you don't you don't talk about that. You keep it a secret. And I think it could be really it it will be really good for, as you mentioned, particularly the gender pay gap um, and just generally people getting paid better and fairer at work. But then I think there's a flip side of where it could be almost like a little bit dangerous <laughs> for some people up in those like really high earning positions. And I just think they probably won't talk about it, but it's great to know that, that we have the choice now. It is. It, 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 yeah, there can be some awkward moments up ahead. Um, and considering also, I don't know if this happened for you and you were growing up, but like, I don't, didn't know, don't know what my parents earn. Like, this was not something that was even openly discussed in the home. So I, no. I can't imagine, yeah, no, you know, definitely not. that the, <laughs> the, uh, the more mature generation um, kind of wanting to open up about that when, you know, even opening up to your kids is kind of taboo. Yeah, totally. And I, I think it'll just, um, I think it'll be hard to predict how, how exactly it will change things, but I think it is definitely a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Okay, next up is sexual harassment. This is a topic that can be uncomfortable to talk about, but it's really important that we do. Sexual harassment has can have significant impact on individuals, their families, and the work environment. So there's been a change to how sexual harassment is handled in the workplace. Before the changes, if you experience sexual harassment, it was treated like a problem between you and the offender, sort of like the workplace stayed out of it. But now it is the responsibility of a workplace to take steps to ensure that sexual harassment doesn't occur. And if a workplace can't show that they took steps to prevent sexual harassment, then they are liable. It also extends beyond employees. And so it covers contractors, subcontractors, students, volunteers, trainees, apprentices, anyone who's working with the company and not necessarily in a formal employee contract. Even if you're going for an interview at a company, uh, it is that company's responsibility to ensure that you are entering a safe space where you are not going to be at risk of sexual harassment. And if you're a manager or leader of a company, a few areas to look into are creating a safe space in person and a virtual work environment, providing information and training to staff about sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, and I, th- I think uh, it's, it's very timely to have these kind of updates, even though, as you say, Edda, it is a bit of an uncomfortable conversation. Um, it's 10 million times more uncomfortable and more awful if an, a situation of sexual harassment um, happens in a workplace. So I think it's, it's yeah, super important for everyone in a workplace to be aware um, of these changes. To be honest, before this kind of news came through, um, and they recently went through it in my office, which I thought was great. They've gone through all of these changes in the last um, week or so. Um, I hadn't really ever had a kind of HR step in and be like, hey, did you know these changes have been updated? Did you know, like, you know, this, that, and particularly sexual harassment just being brought up like very bluntly and openly. I think it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. So... 
I think if you if you haven't you know heard of these changes or there's nothing you don't hear about anything happening in your workplace, maybe ask your HR. Um, you know if they'll do a presentation on it um, because yeah, it's it's super super important um, in creating a safer work environment for everyone. So creating a psychologically safe and comfortable avenue for staff to report sexual harassment is really key. And addressing unwanted or offensive behavior early. So prevention, we know, is always better than cure. So don't delay um, in, in acting upon anything like this. It is pretty crazy that this is only happening in 2023. I do feel like it's sort of a, a bit mind-blowing, but I guess at least it is happening. Yeah, and I think it's it's really about creating that culture of respect um, between all people in a workplace. So I think that really includes ensuring that everyone in the workplace is aware of, of what actually constitutes sexual harassment and that there are clear policies and procedures in place to address it and holding those who engage in any kind of sexual harassment accountable for their actions is really crucial, um, regardless of their position or seniority in the organization. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's extremely important for everyone to be aware of this. And particularly for women, I think it's a super important step. And I think we've just been, feels like we've been fighting since the dawn of time to, uh, for women to not be harassed in, in a workplace and in so many areas of life. And then particularly also people of minority genders or trans people in the workplace, no matter what your expression is or any, uh, you know, anything like that, you, sh- you should be protected in the workplace and, and you should be free from this kind of harassment. Yeah. If you are experiencing sexual harassment at work, speak up and talk to your employer. The The law is now on your side. And there is a website called respectatwork.gov.au and they've got a resource called What Can You Do If You Are Sexually Harassed at Work? And it outlines all of your options and where you can seek support. All right, so the next one is flexible work requests. So the census showed last year that 40% of employed people were regularly working from home up from 30% before the pandemic. Wow, 30%, I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. I'm wondering if it's um, office workers because surely people that have to go to work, aka, I don't know, tradies or people that work in retail, I think that would really skew the numbers if they were included. Interesting. Um, this change to the Fair Work Act is to support to support employees to seek flexible work arrangements, um, such as your hours of work, so your start and finish times, your patterns of work, so being able to do a split shift um, and some job sharing, location of where you work. So if you want to be able to work from home or a co-working space, um, or if you need to, you know, be somewhere else for a period of time for whatever reason and you should be able to work remotely from there. Um, I think it's a really positive step to see that employees are now urged to have meaningful discussions about flexible work with their employees rather than having that kind of blanket policy about how they want to, how they want their employees to work. So Fair Work says that you have you have to fall into one of the following categories if you want to make like a formal flexible work request that's within your rights under these new changes. So if you are a parent of a child that is school-aged or younger, if you're a carer of anyone, if you have a disability, if you are 55 years or older, if you experience family or domestic violence, 
or providing support to a family members experiencing family or domestic violence. And you also need to have been with your company for at least 12 months. I'm kind of bummed that the changes don't support anyone and everyone to make flexible Mm. work requests. I guess they have to stage it out because if a request is declined by an employer, the employee can have that decision reviewed by Fair Work, which would create a lot of work for them to review if they had half of Australia riding in. It could be be a bit of a shitstorm. Yeah, and if, um, I mean, it's really nice if your workplace offers it and you can capitalize on it, but unfortunately, I I feel like... um, it has to be like a cultural change in an organization that unfortunately, if you just love working from home because it's a bit easier to like put the washing on and get to that yoga class, it's probably not a case you're going to be able to bring under the law. So that's obviously (laughs) why they've covered these like, you know, very crucial and important um, categories off for people that can have flexible work. I think that with the momentum of more people making flexible work requests that fall into these um, categories that you mentioned, it will it will shift the culture. Makes so, it you know, more you, normal. You, yeah, you're sitting next to, I don't know, Jonathan, who's a dad and has just made a, a, a request. And on the other side is Jemima and she's a 55 or older and she made a request and so you're just sitting there and you're like oh i'm the only one that hasn't made a request maybe it wouldn't be that weird if i made a request mm, totally i mean i think that's that's like any any kind of change right it starts starts from as soon as there's like a little bit of momentum i think i think we'll start to see a shift um with these laws yeah. which is great and if fair work doesn't get totally slammed with um th- the kind of dispute process then maybe they'll extend it to more categories. One can only hope. Maybe they'll include a a yoga clause in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the current reasons why an employer can say no to a request, there's a a list that they've provided, um, which is the arrangement is too costly. Other employees' working arrangements can't be changed to accommodate the request. It's impractical to change other employees' working arrangements or hire new employees to accommodate the request, or the request would result in significant loss of productivity or have a significant negative impact on customer service, aka if you work in retail and want to work from home, that's obviously not going to go well for customer service. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a it's a an important and good step forward to kind of protect people who really need to be able to capitalize on this like kind of general change we've seen since the pandemic of, of more flexible work. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think it's a huge step in the right direction and companies will follow suit. All right, team, so some hot news items that are catching our attention. There's a lot of chat about the four-day work week. Um, Certainly nothing new, but research has shown that a four-day work week, less hours uh, but the same pay, results in higher productivity, less absenteeism, and lower staff turnover. And on the human front, employees' overall health and well-being is greatly improved. Rates of stress, burnout, and fatigue fell, even problems with sleep declined. I mean, I can, I can vouch for that. 
The trials have gone ahead and have basically demonstrated a win-win for companies and employees. Yeah, I, I've also seen in the news that Oxfam is about to do a trial of a four-day work week. And earlier this year, Telstra, Medibank, NIB and Grant Thornton were also set to trial the concept, which is huge. And it's also going to be amazing for attracting talent. Uh, I think I'd certainly prefer to work in an office that embraced the four-day work week over the traditional five-day week. A hundred percent. I think again, it's a, it's a cultural change in the right direction. It will start to have like a, I think a pretty huge impact if some big, big companies can still manage to operate and, you know, make the same amount of money and continue to operate successfully and give people this level of flexibility that we've kind of never really seen in, in like recent history. Um, I would be so attracted to somewhere that was like, Hey, here's this option. You know, maybe I just needed to do a slightly longer day each day, like another, an extra hour. I'd even be like totally fine with, um, and just kind of setting more, like having more structured weeks and having more like set boundaries and, and goals and things and what you need to do in those four days. And I think it would kind of personally for me, it would give me a bit more, motivation to be like right okay like what what faff can i cut out from my work week also oh my god this should have been an email like so many (laughs) meetings that could be an email like i think a four-day work week would inspire people to just (laughs) instead of calling that stupid meeting where you all just sit there and talk about something that someone literally could have just typed out really quick i think it'll start to kill those meetings which would be great but I love that the studies have showed that there hasn't been a drop in product productivity. So why work the mm-hmm. extra hour? Like just keep keep the work hours and put. The... Yes, this is true. This is my overtime overtime yeah. architect speaking. You gotta you gotta draw those boundaries for yourself and just say, nah. The the research shows that I'm gonna be just as productive, and d- I'm also d- gonna d- gain d- boundaries. So much of my personal life back. <laughs> Yeah, it would just be epic. I think the shift, the shift in like just general well-being and happiness that you could, you know, you've got three days, like one day of which you could just dedicate to all of the other things we as human beings need to do. Taking care of family or friends, you know, sorting out like life admin out, sorting like all different kinds of things out, having more rest, having more time to exercise. Um, you know, having more time to just enjoy the things that we want to enjoy doing. And then, and then having, you know, another two days to do your socialize, socializing and stuff like that. I think, yeah, oh, re- remote working on for a company and doing a four day week. Uh, sign me up. <laughs> I think it sounds amazing. Like imagine, uh, okay, I'm just going to go and spend six months in like a, like you know i don't know another location or or something in a in a different country or something and i can just work four days a week so i can go and explore and like take advantage of a new country that i'm living in but i love my job and i want to keep doing it why not why not sounds amazing does it come with a nanny (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, look, I'm speaking from a very like kind of like <laughs> young, young, privileged person that can just go off and do those kinds of things. But I think it would be amazing to see some like big companies adopt these changes in the next kind of like five to ten years. What can happen? Yeah, no, I still fantasize about being a digital nomad, digital living, nomad life, <laughs> living out of Bali with some really good internet somewhere. <laughs> All right, team. And finally, a very cool headline um, that I wanted to bring up. I've recently seen in the news um, that the Greens in Australia are proposing a bill that would prevent employees being being contacted outside of work hours by their boss or manager. So employees will be... Boundaries. (laughs) Employees (laughs) will be able to clock off when they log off unless they're getting paid under the proposed amendment to fair work laws. Yeah, this is an excellent move. Establishing boundaries with work is one thing, but then having those boundaries respected and endorsed by the law, so nice. I think deciding on boundaries for how you want to interact with work outside of work hours You know, it differs person to person and ideally it should be a conversation between employees and their managers to design work hours so that they suit the employee while respecting the requirements of a workplace or a job description. However, it's so common that these conversations aren't had and that there's this silent creep of emails that sneaks into your inbox and you feel this magnetic pull to at least read the email and then maybe reply. And then before you know it, you're cooking dinner, you're replying to work emails, you're trying to have a conversation with your partner or your housemate about cleaning the house and, and they're like, what, are you still working? And it's just not ideal. So this law is really about the right to disconnect. I've really tried to set up those boundaries myself when I'll um, receive stuff really late at night or something. And I'm like, mm, I, unless it's so emergency urgent, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I do not reply to people. I also, if I'm very uh, often doing my overtime, <laughs> um, I, if I finish something really late at night, I'll just schedule it to send at like 7.30 or 8 in the morning. So the email is in their inbox well before most people start work. Um, And it just, I think it's almost like a respect thing because I don't want to ping people. I don't want to notify people in the middle of the night. Just no one's going to read it. No one's going to do anything. Just, I think it's a respect thing. Um, It's really easy to do. (laughs) Just schedule your email to send out. Um, just, you know, first thing in the morning and you start the day on a good note because it looks like you've gotten up really early. Yeah, you look like one of those 4am club. I've just gone for my run and did my yoga done and run. I'm doing yeah. emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a much better. Um, I've only started doing it probably in the last like two years, I think. And yeah, I think it's a, a, a great um, thing to adopt into your work practice. Yeah, I love boundaries and I think we should all have the right to set our boundaries um, when it comes to how we want to have relationships with our work, whether we're happy to work in the evenings or we don't want to have, have, you know, we don't want to be on call in the evenings. I think it really has to come down to the individual and we should respect that. Absolutely. Okay, team, that wraps us for the All Stuff email. Follow us on Instagram at WorkFeelsPod. LinkedIn, we just launched our LinkedIn. Just search WorkFeels. 
and if you have a work story, as always, we would love to hear it. Send us a DM or head to our website. I'm Edda. I'm Ryan. And this is Work Feels. <laughs>